All right, guys, duck season is coming up quick, fast, in a hurry. Get your coffee fix at dirtyduckcoffee.com. Use code TEXASOUTDOORS for 15% off your order at checkout. As John said, season is here. If you're looking for some pretty cool apparel, some drip, head over to foulfollower.com and use discount code BTO, as in Big Texas Outdoors, at checkout. And that'll get you 15% off your first order. Be on the lookout for some pretty cool drip coming from them too. Oh yeah, for sure. We're coming at you from the lodge at Pipkin Ranch. If you guys are looking for a venue to host any sort of event, such as a wedding or an employee outing, be sure to check them out on Facebook at the lodge at Pipkin Ranch. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, this week we have a special guest that I've hunted with for a long time. And, uh, but before I introduce him, I will let you guys know that John is participating in trick or treating activities this evening. So he could not make it, but we are holding down the fort here at the lodge at Pipkin ranch. And this evening we have the one and only Mr. Jacob Birdwell. So Jacob, thank you for rolling out of a bulldozer and, uh, driving across, across highway 73 to meet with me. Thank you for having me. So Jacob and I have been running around together for. How long you think, Jacob? We're we're almost Ooh. thirty now. I think we probably started running around together when we were fifteen. Yeah, does that sound fair? Yeah. Like right before we started driving. So Jacob, Jacob went to a different school than I did. We had a mutual friend, and we kind of started just. We were all interested in the same things. A few different people from a few different few different schools around here were all interested in the same thing. Which that common denominator was hunting and fishing and chasing girls and getting yeah, in sure. trouble. Yeah, and so we all just kind of hung out, and it worked. And so we have obviously maintained a really solid friendship over the last 15 yes, years or so. Yes, sir. But the reason that I have not been on the past couple of episodes is uh, we, Jacob and I, spent a little bit of time together down in South Texas. So Jacob's got a little place down in South Texas. He invited me to come down there and hunt with him a little bit. And so we had a really, really good trip. Yeah. Um, I was just glad to see your sheet got a little bit better. <laughs> I've got a reputation with Jacob for making some pretty horrible rifle shots, and I redeemed myself this weekend, but uh, it was kind of hard not to. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like it was anything super complex. All the shots were 100 mm. Like, it's not like we're we're reaching out to 250 or 300. We Although, had the tracking thing, so I that's think it's right. pretty good. That's true. That's true. Although I did shoot a bobcat at about 220 yards, and I'll step it off with you if you don't believe me. So they say. <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> I have a witness. But so we uh, we started our adventure down in South Texas. So kind of, how long have you been hunting down in South Texas? I've been hunting down there the last seven years. Okay, I kind of fell into a pretty good deal with some buddies of mine down there, and been going ever since. So I mean, and I'm assuming that was a pretty big shell shock because you originally you cut your teeth deer hunting kind of around here, East Texas kind of stuff, yes, and sir. so it's a big difference going Jeez. down to South Texas huge i've hunted here my whole life and you're lucky to see something that might score 130 inches around here yeah or see something or yeah see something yeah and then you go down there and it's just a game changer the first time i sat in a deer stand down there i was with my good friend jimmy Wright. yeah and he was messing with me and talking about oh we probably won't see nothing all that stuff hell we probably saw 12 different bucks who knows how many does yeah and uh, i knew we were there when i went the first time with him i went on a doe kill we were killing a bunch of does mm -hmm. 
And uh, so I knew I couldn't kill a buck or anything like that, which was fine. I didn't care. And so he sat with me every hunt. And uh, we're sitting there, and he just kind of has this little shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> and uh, about a 200-inch deer jumps in that feeder pen. He's probably about 120, 130 yards away. And my, I just went to shaking. Like, my, the whole stand is just shaking. He's just laughing. Like, what are you shaking for? You know you can't kill it. I said, I know, but I've never seen anything, you know. <laughs> never seen anything with more than eight points before, yeah. you know. A free-range deer like yeah, that. Yeah, a free-range deer jumping a feeder pen like that. I'm, the whole stand was shaking. Even to this day, like, I don't go down there and kill a bunch of big deer and stuff like that. But when, when I see one, I still shake and just. Yeah. It's a feeling I can't explain. No, no doubt. It was kind of a shell shock. So the first day that we get in there, we we'd left. I worked, I think we left on like a Thursday and I worked until just about four or five o'clock. I can't remember. We were trying to get out, you know, around lunch, but it just never seems to work out. And, um, so we, we struck out and it's probably what a five hour drive or so at most. And we had a couple stops yeah. to make along the way. We, we stopped hours. and grabbed some supper and we made a little trip to the grocery store. And, um, but we get in, we get settled. We wake up the next morning we go sit in the, in the deer stand and, um, it was kind of slow off the get go. There was a, there was a bunch of was bunch of does. I mean, we got to see a bunch of stuff. You know, I think there was two or three or four does. Mill- I say kind of slow. There was two or three or four does milling around, and then there was two younger deer. I think right. maybe an eight or in a, in a ten. Yeah, it was like both a young younger eight, deer. Young so we were constantly we had something to watch, and um, hell, I don't know. It was like right when we were getting close yeah, to calling. We're getting ready to leave. Yeah, it was like close to what nine o'clock. Yes, yeah, sure. and and I don't remember which one of us looked down the road um, to our right. But there's two just monster deer walking down the road. I mean, I have not seen anything this big ever in, in a low fence environment. And, um, you know, he was like, Jacob was already giving me a hard time. Like, Oh, which one you want to shoot? You know? And so I'm like, I'm, I'm panicking. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Like I'm really, for whatever reason, I completely misjudged the age of the deer. And like the whole time I'm just looking at this big giant framey, perfectly symmetrical six by six. And he's with like, what a 10, Maybe maybe a ten point or something. I don't remember. Yeah, he's with a good ten, but yeah. he made that ten look just not even anything. Right. Yeah, I'm talking about. I bet the I bet that deer. I bet that twelve would easily go. I bet he's I bet he's one sixty five right oh, now. Yeah. I'm just guessing. I bet he's one sixty five or one seventy, which is a very good deer for what I'm used to hunting in southeast texas it's just cool watching your face like oh the, the 10 points stepped out and yeah. he's a good deer i'm not gonna take anything from him yeah he's a 160 probably yeah, all day 100%. long 155 160 yeah. just a good 10 and i knew them two deer ran together <laughs> and i was just watching your face the whole time like i knew when he stepped out that other one's gonna be behind him not too long yeah. just, you were dang that tens a big deer you know and i was like man just wait i know we'll see then they kind of meander through the brush and get out into a clear cut where we could start watching them and we start really looking at them in the 12 point. Really, both of them are four and a half year old deer mm-hmm. at best. At and I best. mean, a year or two from now, I would love to see what they're going to be. But at best, you take a deer that's four, four and a half, and he's knocking on 170. Yeah, that's a man. Deer. Yeah, he's going to be a, a cannon. Like, I cannot wait to see what that deer turns out to be. Yeah. But I mean, we got to watch those deer for probably 30, 45 minutes. They yeah. walked off. We didn't have to spook them or anything. Like we were able to get down mid morning, like 10 o'clock or so, and go get some breakfast and yeah, kind of sure. go piddle around. So I was glad to get to see that. I was glad I was there for you to see that. Yeah, no, it was wild. But so then fast forward into, <clears throat> I think the next morning, I think I sat that evening, like there wasn't a dull, dull hunt at all. And then uh, we sat that morning, that following morning, I watched this 
real big framey 10 point, but he kind of jumps in the feeder pin and I didn't really have a good shot. And like I said, the whole time I'm watching this deer, I'm like, okay, that's a really good deer. Like I really like to shoot that deer. I know he's mature. I know he's old, but he never presented a shot. So we kind of had to pull a audible. We went back that evening. He didn't show up. Then we went to another spot the following morning. And then long story short, I ended up shooting a, a 10 point that's like, like seven and a half years old, ancient, like old, ancient. old, seven, eight year old deer next to no teeth left. Not the biggest scoring deer. No, um, he'd but, been on the decline. Yeah. Been on the downhill yeah. slope for a long, long he's time. A, but he's a trophy in my book for exactly. his age. Yep. Just you know, a wide, a just a wide deer. deer. Um, he's a good deer. But so I connect on that deer and, um, it was, you know, awesome. We get to go hang out. We clean the deer. I think somebody else shot a deer that evening as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, and so the following morning or that evening, Jacob was like, you need to go back and try to hunt that other 10 point. Like, okay, fair enough. So I went back down, slipped in and same spot that I kind of hunted that other 10 point in and, uh, and ended up sealing the deal. So it was wild. I think the old deer are harder to hunt. They'll ease. And it sounds easy always in the fear pen. Why didn't yeah. you kill them? But yeah. it's not like you'd have to see it to believe it. You yeah. Know? It's not as easy as it sounds. No, you know, not at all. Them old deer are smart. They'll jump in the back corner of that feed pen where you can't see them. Yep. Stay in the back of it, and you can't shoot through that panel and all that. You know, it's just a bunch of stuff in your yeah. way. And then people are probably thinking, like, oh, what kind of feeder pens you can get? You know, <laughs> yeah, they yeah. just had to see it, yeah. you know. They're yeah. not stupid. I figured it out firsthand. I was kind of looking at that angle. I'm like, I'm looking at those three little whatever they are, three by three squares in that hog panel. I'm like, I could probably rope it. But I'm not the best rifle shot. Do you want to? It's just one of those things. Like, do you, you want to risk probably, it? And I've seen a lot. Of, I've seen it happen before. You yeah. know, just freak accidents happen. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things. Do you want to risk it or do you not? You well, know? there's a lot of places that I wouldn't mind trailing a deer, and South Texas is not one of them. Like that no, phrase, like everything will bite you or poke you or scratch you, is no exaggeration. That's right. I mean, you can't walk across an open pasture without finding some old mesquite thorns or something oh, that'll go no through your hay dudes or whatever, like whatever. It's, whatever you're wearing. It, you could be decked out in the best stuff there is, the best briar clothing or whatever there is, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah. still going to be bad. Which, there was a new deal to me, too. Another thing to talk about that I found interesting, like everybody down there, shoulder shoots deer. They shoot deer in the shoulder. My whole life and your whole life, what have you been told to shoot? Shoot them behind the shoulder. Behind the shoulder. And he's, I'm, my dad would have whooped my butt. You know, that's yeah. what you do. You don't waste that meat on that shoulder and all yep. that stuff. And so when I take people to South Texas or tell people about South Texas, you know, and tell them, like, you sh you center punch them in that front shoulder. Yeah. That way they cannot run. And yeah. if they do, they're not going very far yeah. at you all. You take out the running gear. Right. You know. You do not want to track them very far. Because I've been down there and tracked them two, three hundred yards, and it is not fun. Yeah. The, and then once you do find them and drag them out, it is not fun at all. Oh, I can only imagine. And everybody kind of looks at me funny, like, what? That, you know, that's a lot of meat. I'm like, but it's not. Like, if, all things considered. After two deer that I shoulder shot, I genuinely feel like I was able to salvage a ton of meat off oh, yeah. those front shoulders. And the thing about the people... Those South Texas deer and those East Texas deer are probably 75 pounds of difference in deer. Yeah. I would imagine. Oh, you're 100% you know, right. They're just huge, big-bodied deer. Yeah. And I hunt with 300 to yeah. have my whole lot. Or since I was big enough to pull the trigger on 300 anyway. So about six. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know how old I was, but you can come down here to East Texas. I can shoot a deer 200 yards away, and that 300 is probably going to go through it. Yeah, I've shot deer down there at a hundred yards, and that I mean, they're just big body deer down there. It's crazy. the The second deer I killed, I genuinely think. Don't get me wrong, we're not comparing this to deer like from 
Iowa or anything, no, no. but for Texas deer, it is a monster difference in that that size. And, and I'm sure, you know, we've been in a drought here in Southeast Texas, but South Texas has not been in a drought. It's the opposite. Yeah. Usually it's, you know. Exactly. I mean, but like, that's one thing I couldn't get over was all the cows. Like all the cows look like you just wheeled them off a feedlot. Like oh, they just butterball, just like super, super the, fat. There's good minerals in the ground around yeah. there. I mean, it's just. But it's it did great. change my it's perspective green. on that. Cause like I was, I've always shot deer behind the shoulder and I can't tell you how many times, like I, I know I made a perfect shot, but the deer will still run. Like I'm, you blow his heart out and take his lungs out and double lung him or whatever. And he'll still run. But both those deer that I shoulder shot, I actually got a, a quarter and shot on both of them. So really and truly I only hit one shoulder, you know, kind of hit the point of the shoulder right. and punch through and you're taking out vitals too, but you're also kind of taking out that running gear too. Yes, so I bet neither one of those deer went 10, 15 feet, right. you know? And then we'll guide some people down there from time to time, and everybody wants to tell you, you know, how they, yeah, you know, how you shoot them out on the shoulder and all that stuff, or you shoot them right here and right there. And I tell them, that's all fine and dandy until you're the one out there tracking yeah. them, you know. Like, yeah, exactly. If you take that running gear out, they're not going in it 20 yeah. yards, you know. What is that? What is that guy's name that runs those dogs down there that trails them? Do you remember Roy Hines? Roy Hines. Okay, yes, I was looking for that the name. The very, other day. very nicest guy you ever meet, and the most knowledgeable dog man that I've ever met. In my yeah. Life. Do you know what, what kind of dogs does he run? Do you know? Uh, blue laces. Is it blue laces? I got yeah. you. I was curious. I've been I've been talking uh, to the to the gentleman that has redline tracking. He was on one of the episodes before I I came on here. We're talking about getting him back on here, but um, it just kind of spurred my interest. And I remember y'all saying. Like when I was going out one day, they were like, I think it might have been you. Like, don't don't mess up or you're going to get to meet Roy Hines right. or whatever. That's and right. That second deer I killed, it was kind of, he came out and I kind of had, don't get me wrong, it wasn't but three days of history with the deer. But I had enough history with the deer that I'm like, as soon as I saw him, it kind of made the story. You know, I saw him, there was, there was a couple right. other younger deer out there. But as soon as he stepped out, big chocolate horn, framey, 10 point, I'm like, that's the one. I know that's him. Yeah. And he's walking down a road. And I'd anticipating him, anticipated him doing kind of a 90 degree turn to his right. He's walking towards me and kind of going into a clear cut. Well, for one reason or another, he decided he wasn't going to do that. He cuts left and I have, I'm watching him and I'm like thinking, you know, another three or four steps, he's in the brush and he could come back out on the other side of the brush or he could not. And so I kind of made the decision, like, I feel comfortable with the shot, but it wasn't just like. I settled in and like, oh, take a deep breath. Like not the ideal circumstance. And I squeezed off and go down there, no blood. And I'm like, oh my, f- you know. The old, the old heart gets a ticket <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So here we go. About, going Jacob is going ass. to crucify me, you know. And so it just, I hit front point of the shoulder. It went through vitals, but he just had enough inertia to take probably two good leaps through that brush. And from what, from my perspective, I never saw him. And what ended up happening, it was a small lane. I ended up going through on the other side and I can see him, you know, but he didn't go 15 feet. Right. But the whole time I'm thinking, here we go. Like I am never going to live this Boy, down. I thought I you missed him. Have. You know, I felt good about the shot. I really did. Or I wouldn't have squeezed the trigger. But at the end of the day, it happened pretty quick. Because I, in my mind, I subconsciously am thinking, okay, if he takes one more step when he swings that, that front right shoulder forward, He's gone. Yeah. And he might not poke back out on the other side. You of the never know. Yeah. I've done that before thinking, oh, they'll come out and they'll just vanish, yeah. just gone. Yep. And there'll be a 20 yard stretch to the next kind of opening and you'll never see him again. It's yeah. just, them deer don't get big and old by being stupid. Yep. You know, 
No, you're 100% right. You can sit there and watch them on camera and all that stuff, and they'll jump in that feeder pen every day and all this stuff when nobody's there. And uh, for some reason, you could be as stealthy as you want to, but they ain't stupid. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. They won't jump in that song. No. And another cool thing, another first for me, after after all was said and done, we obviously cleaned my first deer the first, the day I killed him, and, and same with the second deer the day that I killed him. But we went in on the way out to... Was it Los Casadores, Casadores or whatever? And it's kind of like a drive-through beer barn, but they clean your deer. Cool. They they can you can they have a taxidermist. They have all kinds of hunting and well hunting clothing and all kinds of anything you can imagine for hunting. But they have Bullets, one of those guns, whatever yeah, you want. They got it. They have a digital scoring deal, which is that was insane to me. I'd never even seen that, you know. And so they set your you know your your deer head up and and shoot like these little lasers or whatever, and digitally score that deer within like a thousandth of an inch. It's insane. But what I think I had, mine was, so 140, 148 and 130 something, 148 and 135, yeah, something yeah, like something that, like somewhere that. in that wheelhouse, which is great deer for me. Like personal best, personally on that. On There's that nothing, morning. and a lot of, a lot of people are worried about the number, what it scores. They don't care about what it looks like or anything yep. like that. Oh, if he didn't score 200, you know. But to me, I'd rather shoot, I love good typical deer. And so I'd that's going to be my next question. Your favorite, like if you're to shoot one deer, what does he look like? Oh boy. A good tall tine, heavy horn, chocolate horn, 10 point. Okay. Just a heavy, heavy 10 yeah. point. I mean, a 12 point, I mean, I mean, it's cool. It's yeah. cool, you know, yeah. but like just a good heavy horn, perfect symmetrical yep. 10 point. Like just, next on my bucket list. I want to break the 140s with an eight point. That is. That's the holy grail. That's a challenge right there. It is. Man, it, is it is. And you hear people throw that number around a lot. Everybody that scores an eight point these days are saying, yeah. for some reason, eight point has 140 tied to its name. Yeah. And people don't realize what it takes for an eight point to be 140. Yep. And I've, I've personally witnessed and watched on the hoof a deer that was an eight point. I scored 142. I watched him on the hoof the weekend before one of our friends killed him. And uh, he's the biggest deer like I've ever. Yeah, it's just, hard to say the biggest deer you've ever seen when he's not a two hundred inch deer, but a one forty eight point is huge. Well, to be a one forty eight point, they have to have it all. I mean, in Southeast Texas, mass and, timely, and like exactly everything. And they have to have everything just going. Because he for didn't them. score one seventy one eighty one ninety two hundred does not mean anything. He is yeah. just as big, and I. It's hard to explain that to people that don't yeah. know what we're talking about, obviously, because yeah. they're like, what, it's a 149, 200, you know. Yep. But it takes a man to be eight points and be 140. Yep. I what did that? Agree. What did Ryan's nine point score? And he was a big nine, a big, heavy, heavy horn. You know, nine. I don't remember. Now that you say that, I think, so his 10 was 157? 157. I want to say, I can't remember what that nine point ended up being. I can't remember either because I walked inside. Good nine point, good solid in the one heavy horn. Did he make oh. it? I think he was in the high one thirties. He yeah, he didn't make one. That's what I was yeah. saying. Like he didn't make it to one forty. Yeah, and he was a as good of a deer as framey you can deer, Just very framey deer. And I've seen one that I know of for sure eight point be over one forty. Yeah, and he was. It's just it's unbelievable the yeah. difference in them. Oh, 100%. there's a lot of big eight points out there, but for it to be one forty. It's, it's like shooting a 200 inch deer to me. Yeah, like, I agree. I would I agree. love that. Yep. Yep. That's like I, I I get more excited about that than I do 
all the all 14 the time. points yeah, exactly. 200 inches you know yep well if you got the more points you got the easier it is to get the 200 yeah no 100 percent. i uh holy grail for sure that's 100%. that's my bucket list and i like i said you asked me what my favorite one is at 10 points just because i think and i'm not taking anything away from an eight point mm-hmm. but at 10 points is beautiful to me i got an eight point in my hanging on my wall right now i killed down there and he scored 138 and a half is what he scored. And he was real wide, too, He's wasn't he? wide and tall. What was it? Do you remember no, how wide was? a was? different one. Okay, I'm thinking of The eight one. point was pretty wide. I can't remember what he was, but he had huge tines. Like, his tine lengths, and he had the mass there. Mm-hmm. He's just a big deer. And I told myself, he's going to be 140. I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. The other one, the one you're talking about, he was 27 and three quarters inches wide. So wide deer. Yeah, he's wide. Old, 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 and just wide. Yeah, probably not he the did, best scoring deer. No, not but. at all. Like, his, he was old. He kind of went down. He was really wide, and his tines weren't, they didn't have any. Yeah. His brow tines were as tall as his G2s and G3s yeah. and everything. But, it, yeah. and that, that's not, I don't know, his tine length was probably five, six, and, you know, nothing yeah, yeah. to brag about. Yeah. Just, but, he was actually winning the contest for Los Cazadores' widest deer up until the very last weekend. I got beat by uh, three quarters of an inch. Really? Yep. That's wild. That's wild. I remember seeing the mount in your house. Hell, I remember when you killed the deer. I just, just remember how wide he was. But So when you're not chasing deer in South Texas, what are you doing? Running dogs. So that's your, that's your claim to fame. That's what they say. So your claim to fame has really been hog hunting, kind of mm-hmm. since we've been – We've been friends. And just like you don't really care to go sit in the duck blind in the pouring rain with me, I've never really cared to go ride a bunch of horses and go chase hogs through the palm fronds with you. But Teach their own. Kind of what what got you started in the hog hunting deal? Oh, man. And when did it happen? Young. I, was, I don't even know how young I was. When we, as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. I was old enough to get on a horse and go. Uh, a really, really close family friend of mine, or my family's obviously, who ended up being basically my grandpa, mm-hmm. Bubba Hanley. He's the one who got me into it, took me going. From the time I was big enough to ride and everything, he took me everywhere. I remember being little and not being able to get off the horse. I could just ride up there, you know, and that was it, watching all of them catch them and all that stuff. But So I guess I've been doing it. If I'm 30 now, I'll be 25 years, 20 yeah 25 years yeah so, so i mean what part of i that, say yeah 25 to, to somewhere in there what part of that what part of the hog hunting does it for you just i know that's a weird generic question watching the dogs work to just me about the dogs it's a lot of it's about the dogs and catching a big hog is obviously a bonus to mm-hmm. it. it's just it's just like you going duck hunting and watching your dog work and retrieve yep. all those birds yep taking my dogs and any good dog really turn loose in the woods and just watching them work and turn them loose and watching them work a track out, walk, work and send out, or even turn them loose. I like to turn them loose where there is no sign. Yeah. I want them to go find. I want them to work and go find it. Through winning after a duck hunt, make sure you stop by Moots Barbecue, get you a sliced beef sandwich or whatever they have to offer. There's a ton of things on the menu. And while you're there, make sure you walk over to the freezer and get some of that alligator sausage from Alligator Sausage Co. If you guys are looking for some pretty cool apparel, head over to foulfollower.com. Use discount code BTO for 15% off your first order. While you're there, be sure to check out the Big Texas Outdoors Foul Follower shirt that just dropped, which features our blue wing teal driving a Marshmaster with a spoonbill holding a rifle with a strap full of alligators. And just watching a dog work is genuinely why I do it. Yeah. It's funny because it seems like most of the people that are really passionate about a hobby, that's the common denominator is the dog. 
That's you know, it. we're all in the same. We always give each other a hard time, but your quail guys, your duck guys, your hog guys, your bear hunting, mountain lion guys, right. they're all there for the dogs. And there's always, people always talk about, well, there's abundance of hogs and they're overran. And that is true. There are a bunch of hogs these days. But growing up, when we did it back then, it wasn't that way at all. Yeah. I mean, there was, when we caught hogs, but it's just completely different hunting back then. <clears throat> I don't know what, most people probably don't know what a bar hog is. Well, go ahead and explain that because I guarantee there's somebody out here that's not. A bar hog is a male hog, a boar hog, that has been castrated. It's just like a taking a young a young bull and castrating them and turning them into a steer when he's young. Yeah. They grow up, their meat's really good and all that stuff, and they grow up bigger. Same thing for a boar hog. You, you castrate them, and that's the best eating hog you can get when they grow up and fill out. And they grow... Hell, they grow, they grow huge. And they pack on pounds, they right? They pack so. it on fat, and they get fat, and it's just the best eating hog you can get. Gotcha. And there's not a lot of bar hogs in the woods these days compared to growing up because you got a lot of people that just, they if a group of hogs comes out there. They're going to shoot the biggest one. They're going to shoot the biggest one in the guts or something like that or run it off. Mm-hmm. We caught one a couple years back. We were hunting a big track of land, and my dogs got off of it by only a couple hundred yards and it's right behind the people's house or <clears throat> there are some bow hunters uh, I can't remember where they were from and so I pulled up to the house and you know kind of told them the situation and asked permission to go in there and get my dogs and they thought it was the coolest thing they're like yeah heck yeah like can we go with you I'm like yes sir let's go like that and I love that's I yeah. love that more than anything like, yeah showing other people what we do because hog hunting gets a bad rap for itself running dogs gets a bad rap for sure and so I was excited to have the opportunity, the opportunity to show people what it was about. Yeah. We went there and we caught a big bar hog. I mean, big. He's probably 350 pounds. He's big. We caught him, tied him, put him in the back of the buggy, and I asked those people, like, hey, do y'all like this hog? It's a good meat hog and all that. And it looked at me like I was crazy. And like, man, if it was a sow that big, we would love her, but we don't want that stinking hog. And he didn't, I mean, a bar yeah. hog doesn't leave any scent. Yeah. It's, it's actually harder for a dog to find a bar hog than anything because they do not leave any scent. Really? See, really. I did not know that. It's not like a sow smells, a bar, a boar smells, but a yeah. bar does not have any scent to them. You can catch one, you can't smell them. You can catch a boar hog, and when you're walking to the bay 50 yards away, you can, you can smell, smell yeah, them. Yeah. You know, yeah. Even a sow, you know. Yeah. But you can't, a bar does not leave any scent on the ground. I did not know that. Or they do, but just very, very little. Yeah. And, uh, they didn't want them. They thought I was messing with them, trying to give them this bad hog, like trying to give them a big old boar hog, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they didn't want them. I tried to explain to them what what it was, you know. They just, I couldn't get to them, like, what it was. Like, this is best. Like, I mean, yeah. we, want, we want a good sausage hog. I was like, this is the best that. sausage hog you can get. <laughs> You're going to get, yeah. This is it right yeah. here. And, uh, but, but, uh, no. But, anyway, it was like, what do you yeah. want to know about it? You've been there plenty of times with me. Well, know. and I, I mean, it, so I'll tell you all my experience with, with Jacob. So we went down. So Jacob's got, he used to have a couple of different pieces of property he would hunt around. Uh, I don't know if I want to disclose the locations, but we're just going to call it North Texas. <laughs> East Texas. East North Texas. Texas. Yeah. It was with some tall pine trees. And so we would go hunt those He's pieces of property. He's not this because it was against the law. We had permission. Yeah, like, we I were just, members yeah, of it and yeah, everything yeah, else. I, just, I don't, don't want to grab out like my to, hunting grounds. Exactly. I don't like to disclose locations for obvious reasons. But So they were really big about like doing it on horseback. And I'm here to tell you, your boy can't ride a frisky <laughs> stick horse 
and we would go in there and they would saddle up all these horses. And like I had horses when I was younger, but like, be honest with you, the first horse I ever got, my parents bought it for me for like my ninth birthday. And I think they paid about 400 bucks for it. And he was wild as all get out and like just crazy would rub up on a tree to try to get you to, you know, scratch you off and come up to me on the fence. I was sitting on a fence one day and bit me. And so I just never really trusted a horse. And like you. Jacob with them knew that. And so every time we'd go, they would constantly just rag me. And I'd be at the back of the back of the pack holding on for dear life. And, you know, there's one time when I was trying to cross a creek with that horse and that horse didn't really want to go. And they snuck up behind me, slapped that horse on the ass. And that horse jumped about 15 feet up in the air, gave me whiplash, about broke my neck, you know, <laughs> took keep, off keep running. Keep in mind, we always gave King the best horse there was. <laughs> no, they gave me the rankest horse there was. We didn't mess with them a little bit. I understand why you really didn't like it at first. We worked kind of hard on and, it. And, uh, in 20, 2014, 2015, I figured out that I could make enough money to buy a ranger. And so, <laughs> so all my hog hunting experience, they would ride horses, and I'd have the ranger with a beer cooler. So that was my experience with it. And I have fun. Uh, I, it's been fun. Honestly, I had more fun the last time we went to y'all's place. And the hogs, I mean, the dogs crossed that. That oh, cross, yeah, across the bow. And there. we found this abandoned boat now. in the woods. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, my shin's still not the same because Jacob pushed that boat off and I tried to jump in it. I tried to tell him to stay on the bank. I'll handle it. But he was very persistent. And so when, when he wasn't paying attention, I tried to leave and shove off the bank, but he caught me midway and tried to tried to jump in. I just wasn't as agile as I thought I was, and I try, I made a leap for that boat. And my you got shin, one leg in. I got one leg in. The other shin hit the transom of this abandoned boat that had holes in it, mind you. And we knew we had about 15, probably, what, 15 yards of water yeah. to cross. And we had we were on a time crunch. The dog wouldn't come across as a younger dog. And uh, we knew we were on a time crunch, and so we were trying to get across. And so I just jumped in in a hurry and used the 30-30 as a boat paddle. And meanwhile, the boat is sinking, and we were able to get there and back. And I'm not kidding you, my shin, dude. I thought it took a pretty my bone. good spill. I felt bad for like, <laughs> yeah. and I, I was trying to do it out of the goodness of my heart. I didn't want you to have to go on yeah. that expedition with me, so I was trying to leave you, but you didn't want to take no yeah. for an answer. That alcohol will do that to you, you know. Alcohol gun can turn into some work sometimes. It can, know? and that's been my experience with it. But that's like you said, to each his own. So you could say the same thing about waterfowl hunting, you know. There've been many times I've walked across a bunch of marsh to shoot one duck right. or no ducks. That's right. And you're headed back, and whoever's with you, that if they're kind of green, they're like, "I have no idea why you enjoy That's this." That's right. You know, but those good trips make it all worthwhile. They do. They and, do. and we still like you. You hunted with me, and you hunted together. What three times this this teal season? Yeah. And I genuinely don't know if I've done an episode since teal season, or or maybe we hadn't talked about that, but uh. You know, we were in obviously this insane drought here and um, we've got all the marsh in the world to hunt, but no water. And the little bit of water we had, you're typically running a surface drive to and it is no water or a little bit of water. And uh, it's just just wet enough where you can't drive a ranger to it. And so Jacob's got an airboat. And so I called him up. I'm like, hey, come run some of these groups with me, you know, and so. Jacob guided what three or four groups with yes. me this this year, yes. and uh, it was fun. We had some really good. We, we had some really good clients. We had a lot of cool people. We had a couple that were you know a little new to it, but uh-huh. at the end of the day, but they're still good. Yeah, a pleasure to hunt with. I, I had a, uh, in fact, on Saturday I saw the kid that hunted with us that day. I think it was opening weekend that Sunday when me and you took we took two dads 
and their boys. Okay. Um, yeah. I think it was the first group that you ran with me, and I saw yeah, that sure. little boy came up, shook my hand. You know, I think his mom was like, do you remember who that is? He's like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. He's like, "That's the, we got to go hunting with him. We got to drive the airboat, no, you know. Right. But that's what does it for me. A kid will never forget 100%. that, you know. And the, and the stars line because we don't really run airboats here anymore. And, and, like, that's what I was telling his mom. I was like, she was like, I just, that's so cool that y'all run airboats all the time. I was like, that's not the case. Right. Like, that was kind of an extenuating circumstance. Like, the stars line, he got to ride an airboat. Like, that's just, we don't really use them as much anymore. So, <clears throat> it was a cool trip. And we killed a bunch of birds. We did. That makes it it's nice, a good hunt. You know? It's just a plus. Yeah. You know? And that was the only time that pond got hunted, too, believe it or not. Imagination birds in there right now, then. Probably so. We're going to find out this weekend. <laughs> but uh, let, what are we going to talk? Let's let's tailor into another subject next. I'm trying to think of the best one to talk about. So we've talked about, we've talked about a little bit about the uh, the deer hunting. We've talked about the duck hunting. And, and you know, I just kind of want to talk about um, you do a little bit of fishing, not a ton, but you, you've done, a, a, you've done trips a, together. a good bit of fishing yeah. trips with me together. And your kind of claim to fame has always been running jug lines and stuff like that. Yes, yeah, from trot lines. Jug trot lines. lines. So that's always that. been your claim to fame. And so you've obviously, me and you have made a bunch of trips together. Um, Jacob's one of those guys like, hey, let me know when it's right. That's right. <laughs> let me know that's when right. we're going to show up. I'm not going to stand on the boat for 10 hours and catch a fish. No. Yeah. No. I'm going to go out there for an hour. If I hadn't caught anything in an hour, I'm, I'm headed back to the boat ramp. Or if he's in my boat, he's sitting there milking the beer cooler. That's right. That's right. Kings and toys for dragging us out all day. Yeah. I'm guilty. And then he gets mad at me when I sit there and drink beer because we ain't caught nothing. <laughs> you can't catch him if you drink a beer. Yeah, but you weren't catching any either. No, probably not. But, uh, you know, on the fishing stuff, one, one thing that I, one story I want to tell too, you know, the most versatile bait, in my opinion, it's no secret anymore, but is a swimming image. I got image. out of I don't talk okay. about the swimming image. So, so when Jacob started saltwater fishing a little bit, when we started running around together. Uh, Emphasis on the versatile. Yeah. So I would kind of, like, I don't remember if I'm sure I gave him a swimming image or something. Well, that was Probably. his that was his go-to bait. He didn't throw anything else. Because a swimming image is a shallow driving, diving crankbait. You know, you throw it out and reel it in. It's not no twitching and bouncing no. it off the bottom, no skitter walk on top. You throw it out and reel it in. And if you want to get fancy, you crank it and stop and crank it and stop if they're kind of feeding weird. But Jacob, everywhere we went, whether we were at Toledo Bend, Sam Rayburn, Sabine Lake, Keith Lake, Galveston Bay, he's throwing that swimming. <laughs> I'm the, and one, I'm the one that proved that that thing is versatile. Yeah. You can fish it anywhere. Saltwater, freshwater, it doesn't matter. You can, yeah. I saw Jacob catch like half a dozen crappie off the front of the a The biggest boat. crappie I've ever caught in my life is off that <laughs> off thing. Off the swimming image. But, so what does your, what does your kind of, what does your winter look like? What do you have kind of coming up? Maybe. More deer hunts? More deer hunts. Yeah. Hopefully some hog hunts. To get yeah. It. You know how it is this time of the year. A lot of places that are hunts, deer season, so you can't run dogs. But we'll run them behind the house a little bit, kind of keep them legged up. Yeah. But that's it, man. Just deer hunting. If you let me go duck hunting, I'll go duck hunting, you know? I'm sure I'm sure we're going to go duck hunting, I can assure you. Uh, duck hunting, which, I mean, you know, back in the day, we grew up duck hunting together. Yeah, and you I know? guess we need to. And I used to be mad about it. I was about it. to say, I used to be you, mad were mad. you were mad at ducks back then. But for some reason, when I got older, it just kind of, I mean, I still love to do it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, you know I do, but I'm just not as mad at him anymore. But I don't know. It's kind of, I guess, it's going to sound, you know, sound bad, but when the birds are flying, I like to hunt. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, like it, it doesn't you know? sound bad. Because 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I think like that's deer everybody. hunting. Yeah, you don't have to. I, I love deer hunting. Yeah. Hogs. Like, I just like working dogs, whether you catch a hog or not. You know, yeah. I mean, you usually do, but you know. But my days of stomping through the marsh for a bird are about over with. Unless if the bird's there, I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll stomp all through that marsh. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Well, I but, think a lot of that too, subconsciously, you might not realize this, but I think a lot of that's contingent on your dog kind of retiring. You right. know, that. You're right. That kind of did. I guess that is. That's exactly what stopped my. Or it, it slowed my hunting way down. Yeah. I used to go more for my dog than I did for anything. Just yeah. watching her work. And she's one of those dogs. I mean, Jacob's not going to brag on his own dog, but I will. He has a dog, uh, and her name is Girlfriend. And Girlfriend was you got Girlfriend in college. Yes, sir. And Girlfriend never had any formal training. Uh, she, <laughs> she had our training. Yeah. But she was more than what we call here a rock dog. You know, rock dog is if they don't mark it, you throw right. a rock out there and they right. go get it. She was more than that. She knew she rough hand signals, like really rough hand signals, and and it would mark a bird at five million yards, you know, and, and go get it. But she had a hell of a nose on her. Just a natural ability. One of those dogs that's kind of once in a lifetime dog. So girlfriend went with us. One of those everywhere. dogs I wish I would have taken the time and spent more time with her or sent her the training or anything. There's no time what a dog could have been if I'd have yeah center of that but i was blessed for what she you know no 100 percent. but i kind of feel the same way like i feel like i'll always duck hunt but i feel like it's in that it's in that transitional period where like you know i'm gonna go through my dog's career and hypothetically if i didn't have a little boy that was gonna be getting back into it i could maybe see myself like i'm gonna go do something that's a little less taxing on my you right. know my sleep schedule right uh, because there's no easy way to go duck hunting there's no i mean there is but to do what we do here, you're you're not leaving the house any later than four o'clock in the morning. Right. Um, and then if you do it two or three, four days in a row, you wore out. You're wore out. I don't know you how you do that on your off days, and then yeah, you go to work. You know, pick up a that, normal schedule. Exactly. There's no time to recuperate. This is something about going for your dog out there that the drive's different for me. Like I don't know. I was always like I just went because I love watching that dog work. When I didn't have her, you know, it's just not. Yeah. But. And you're about to go through that, and yeah. But you got a little boy to take, you so right. you'll have you know dog coming up. Yep. You won't. Well, and I'm hoping, I really hope the way I hope my dog makes it long enough in his career that my son can make hunts with him and remember those hunts. If that makes any sense, you know. Right. I mean, three four years old, I think he'll have some memories, you know. But oh yeah. If sure. we could push that a little bit later, you'll get um, some. But was... it just depends. Depends on how. How he, you know, how long he makes it his career. Jay Storm, my wife, the other day about, I mean, I got 16 hog dogs back there. 16? Yeah. And, uh, oh my God. I was telling her, like, I picked out like five of them, did Jennings, our daughter, well, actually, I think hunt and remember and stuff like that. The rest of them are a little bit older and, you know, how he, they're yeah. just older. Like, she probably might not remember those but i picked you know I was, we were out there feeding the other day together and i said i named four of them that are all younger dogs mm-hmm. and they're gonna be some pretty good dogs i said these four dogs right here will be the ones that she remembers yeah you know and i got one dog right now to to, to everybody else probably ain't nothing but to me is he is the same caliber his girlfriend is to so, me like i hold that much respect yeah, for it no 100 percent and uh, he's getting older in age. It's just a sad thing to see. And I wish you'd be able to see him, you know. And I'm assuming you get to a point where you just retire him. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They just gotcha. get old and it's just, you just retire him. Yeah. 
So, so what is involved? I guess this sounds goofy. I'm assuming you started kind of with a trained dog and then you put an, you put a, an up and coming dog with a trained dog and he just kind of takes two. It's crazy. A lot of the, a lot of hog dogs, stock dogs like that, they just have it in them. It's just, uh, I mean, you help them along a little bit, but they just have it in them. I've seen some of them that are just natural. You, you know, you let them get to about seven, eight months where they can run around pretty good. And, they, and some of them are liable to go bay a hog that first day. You know, it just depends where you go. But yeah, that's pretty much the most part of it. That's like the dog I'm talking about. I can't tell you how many puppies I've started with him. Really? You know, just you pair him up and he goes and goes and he finds these hogs and these puppies will go with him and find these hogs and bathe these hogs and everything else. And then one day they'll pick up, like, this is what we're after. This is what we're hunting. And they'll just start. Yeah. I mean, they pick it up. And that's like, well, I got one retired right now. His name's Bubba. Bubba's 15 years old. Wow. He made it. A lot of hog dogs don't make it to 15 years No old. doubt, yeah. And uh, that that was actually probably the second or third word my daughter ever said is Bubba. His name's Bubba. <laughs> really? And so every dog she sees now is Bubba. Bubba, Bubba. <laughs> and then I got another one behind him. He, he's eight, eight and a half, Yeti. And that's probably one of the better dogs ever running behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, it's one of those dogs you realize in your life that I'm liable not to have another one this good. Like, really? so you take advantage of the, you know, not advantage, but you just appreciate the situation yeah, yeah. that you have. Yeah. And I've had some good hog dogs hunted behind some good ones. I've hunted behind better than him that are other people's dogs. Uh, Kevin Dorman, Jimmy Wright, they've had dogs that are absolutely unbelievable. Really? And it's the same thing. Like, we all know when we had that one dog that that probably is going to be your one. It'd be only. very, very hard to top that. Yeah. And so that's why I was telling her, I was like, I wish, you know, like Yeti coming up, she'll, she might, yeah, might be able to see it. And she might not care about hog hunting, who knows? But yeah. it's just very sentimental thing. Yeah. So what kind of dogs, if, if a man was going to get into it, what kind of dogs, I guess let me ask you this, if, if to a beginner, if somebody was going to get into hog hunting, what advice would you give to them? Because I'm sure there's a lot of things you could screw up just like anything else. Don't go out there and go buy a bunch of dogs. Really? Anybody that has good hog dogs will not sell a good hog. Or some people will. You can put a price on them, but they're going to be high. Yeah. Like, to a true hunter, a true dog man, once they get a, like, a good set of dogs, they're not going to just turn around and sell them. Mm-hmm. People sell stuff for a reason. Yeah. There's something about them they don't like. Fair enough. It's not... I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, but... No, I feel like that's that's very fair. It's hard to like say, it's like, fair. would you sell your dog? No. Exactly. I feel exactly. like that's very, very fair. Exactly. And so, and hog hunting's always been a controversial thing, running dogs and with the deer hunters and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and deer hunters don't like it. And I get it. I'm a I'm a big-time deer hunter. Mm-hmm. But the facts of it are hog dogs have nothing to do with deer hunting. Yeah. They they don't. Some of them will run a deer, but a deer makes a, a deer comes back to his home. Yeah. You know, he'll make a big loop and come back. Yeah. It's just like when you shoot him and wound him. They're going to make a big, big drag. You might search them for three or four miles, but that if you follow that mile or three or four miles, it, it's end up closer movie. to where you started than yeah. anything. He come back to yep. his home. Uh, where was I going? Like, Well, just kind of like tips for beginners, you know, tips for somebody getting into it. I mean, I guess let me, let me, let me break it down a little bit further. If you were going to go buy, what is your preference on breed a dog? I know everybody's probably got their preference. Is it a cur dog? Uh, see, I have a little bit. I mean, I got some. Got I got some 
100% yellow black mouth curves. I got some curves introduced with some hounds. I got some curves with some plot hounds. Like, it's just different, you know. Gotcha. A hound and a cur mix is a great combination. But they all have different traits that are better. That, you know. I got you. A hound will go all, I mean, they all go all, all day long. And yeah. a cur really is kind of way down, you know, from a line of a hound. But my advice to somebody really wanting to get into it would be, that's where I was going with all this. Like, hog hunt used to not be a big thing. Like, but now it seems like all these young kids want to do it and all that stuff. And I respect that and I admire it and I encourage it. Mm-hmm. But you don't just go get on Facebook now and go buy a bunch of dogs and think you're a hog hunter. Yeah. And uh, like I just said, somebody has a good set of dogs, they ain't going to sell them. Yeah. You, you, like, you're not going to sell your dog, are you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I wouldn't sell any of mine. No. But if you really want to get into it, you need to find somebody that does it and knows about it and everything else. And go with them. Just kind of follow in with somebody. Follow in with somebody. Like if, like I've given some puppies away to people that want to get into it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't sell dogs and I don't buy dogs. Like if you're, you know, yeah. I respect people wanting to get into it and all that stuff. Like people that I've taken hunting and done stuff like that will approach me. Like I'd really like to get into it, you know. And 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 I'll have puppies out of my stuff or whatever. And I. I love giving pubs to somebody who's going to hunt them and, yeah. and get into it. Like, I, yeah. I do like that. I genuinely do. I've given some older dogs away before that were pretty good dogs to some young kids that were well-deserving of it that are going to hunt these dogs yeah. and make other puppies out of them that were good, respectable young kids. Yeah. That, you know, and I, I I like to see the younger generation get into it. Yeah, I really do. 100%. But you don't have to buy them. You don't have to sell them. You just need yeah. to go with dog men. You need to. Yeah, no, it's it's up to us to kind of pass that torch. So it, it sounds is. like you're doing. Like I said, I don't point. I don't sell dogs. I won't do any of that. But I don't mind. You know, you'll mess with them kids. Like, yeah, you can hunt him. You know, until you until you get you something going. Take this dog and get your yeah. puppies going. You know, yeah. like you'll give them that, but you ain't gonna take that dog away from that kid. Yeah, you know. And yeah. so they'll get them some puppies. They're started. You know, they'll go with that dog and get them started. And it's just. It's just watching that whole chain. Like, yeah, you know, they fall in love with that dog more than you love that dog, and you just. Just watching that. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Well, Jacob, I think we're going to close it up, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I enjoyed it. We're going to have another episode. We're going to get a couple other of our, uh, of our other partners on here. And we're going to do, we're going to kind of deep dive into some more of our stories and and kind of things that we've done and uh, the trouble that we've gotten in. There's some uh, incriminating stuff. So. Uh, pass you pass the statute of limitations yeah, or whatever. Right. So that's I think right. we'll, we'll only tell up to that point. That's right. But uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Yep, hundred percent. And uh, I want to make sure we give you a plug here too. So Jacob, when Jacob is not trampling around in the palm fronds chasing hogs or down in South Texas chasing deer, Jacob is operating heavy equipment and doing anything and everything from land clearing and pond digging and house pad making and whatever else comes with that. So. You guys go over and check out Lightning JB Construction when y'all get a chance. Did I plug you right? That's right. Thank you, sir. Good deal. Do I get a hat?